old, like realizing that everybody that you went to school with is now old people. It's, it's, there's nothing else to, to realize that you're the only young one left. It just it's tough to, to break the news to the rest of them. If you have your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter number 21. Book of Matthew chapter number 21. When I was in high school, they made us, or no, they tried to make us read this book called A Tale of Two Cities. Anybody ever read that book? Okay, I've never read it. I, I got the, they called it uh, Spark Notes, Cliff Notes, that's what it was. That's, uh, that's what little bit that I read and then I had somebody else that opted to uh, write our summaries and papers for us for monetary gain. Uh, so anyway, I, I never got to read it, but I did see the Garfield movie, A Tale of Two Kitties. Uh, so if, if that counts, if it's close, then, then I know what it's talking about. This morning we see Jesus telling the story, it's a tale of two sons and they're He's trying to get a point across to the Pharisees here as, as to who is actually obedient. Because in, in Jesus' day here, they had a lot of, I'm not going to say fake Christianity, they had a lot of pretend Christianity. They had a lot of people who pretended to love God, a lot of people who pretended to serve God, a lot of people who pretended, but, but they, they weren't really there. Come Halloween every year, everybody dresses up, right? But whenever somebody dresses up as Captain America, do they trick you into believing that they're Captain America? At any point, are you fooled? You're not. If somebody dresses up as a pumpkin, do you think that they're a pumpkin? No, it's, it's just cute because they look like a pumpkin. But they're not fooling anybody. But, but the, the Pharisees here, they were really, really, really trying hard to fool people into believing that they were following and obeying God and living their life to a T. And Jesus here, he holds up a mirror and says, examine yourself. First thing he says, chapter number 21 of Matthew, verse number 28. He says, but what think ye? He said, pay attention, I want you to think. He said, a certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. Afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. And he went not. And Jesus said, whether, whether of them did the will of his father. And they answered and said unto him, the first. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you, the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and harlots believed him and ye, when you have seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Jesus held up a mirror and said, which one of these two are you? Are you the one? Well, let's, let's look at it. Verse number 28. He said he had two sons. Let's look at the first son. The father commanded the same son, uh, both the sons, the same thing. The first thing he said is he said son. That holds a little more weight than if he'd have said Stranger. So why did Jesus make this comparison between two sons and not two servants? Here in, in, in the next couple of chapters, he uses a lot of, uh, a lot of parables with servants and husbandmen and all that in it. But here he said sons. That gives a sense of ownership. It gives a sense of love. A father takes care of his son. So this is a man who has provided for both of these kids. 
A man who is taking care of both of these kids. A man who loves both of these kids. Uh, two kids who stand to inherit from their father. And he requires of them the same thing. He told them two things. Three things. He said, son, go. God does not desire for us to be idle. This morning, I want to ask us the same question that Jesus asked him. What think ye? Which of these sons are you? Because the vast majority of people in the world today are one of the two. There is a third option. We're not going to get to that today. Most people are one of the two. This man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go. God asked us to go. Go work because you know what the Bible says about idleness. God asked us to go and work. There are three commissions in the New Testament. All three of them require us to do something. Churching is not coming in and sitting on a pew, or in our case, chairs. Churching is not that. That's not what churching is. Churching is not getting together with everybody once a week, once a month, and, and singing and praising. That's, that's not churching. That is a slim part of it. It goes deeper than that. It goes further than that. Jesus said, go teach, preach, baptize. He said, go and ask. He said, be a witness unto me. Go work. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? So if we love him, we keep his commandments. Which of these sons are we? He said unto the first, go work. When are we to work? Today. If we put off to tomorrow, we put off to whenever I get a chance. A lot of people does that. I'm the putting off type. You can ask my wife. I always finish everything I start. There are half finished projects all over my house. In our bathroom, we have a set of drawers running down the middle. I installed the top drawer and the bottom drawer and I stopped. I left the middle two drawers out. This was two months ago. So I came back in last week and I put in the third drawer. And I left all my tools laying on the counter. I said, look, as long as you don't touch these tools, because she'll go hide them somewhere and then I won't be able to do it. So as long as you don't touch them, I'm going to get to that third drawer as soon as I get the chance. I walked in there this morning, brushed my teeth, them tools still sitting on the counter. Third drawer still not there. We have a tendency to procrastinate whenever we begin to work on or do something else, whenever we have something else going on. Whenever the whole house gets sick and I have to play doctor instead of handyman. God gives a sense of urgency to his people. Jesus said today is the day of salvation. He said don't look out and say that here in a couple of months, here for long, here eventually comes the harvest. He said it's here. It's here right now. Jesus gave us a commission. He said go. It requires work. The man gave his son a commission. He said go work Jesus told us it is urgent it is today it is now not tomorrow over and over and over again especially in Matthew Jesus stresses that tomorrow is not promised so go work today how many well let me ask a better question what does it take for us not to serve God what does it take for us not to live for him what does it take for us not to be obedient I was doing freezer meals most of the night, a couple of nights ago. 
Emily wants something that she can just take out of the freezer, take out a Ziploc bag, dump it in the crock pot, and walk away, and eight hours later have a wonderful meal. So that's what I was working on the other night. I got to thinking to myself, every bag, I had about 16 of them, and every bag had some sort of meat in it. I said, well, with, with the last baby, she kind of had an aversion to meat immediately after. I said, well, well what, if, what if she don't, she don't want meat? It's just, just how to look, peanut butter and jelly or something. So I, I, did a, I did a quinoa, spinach, and sweet potato and butternut squash stew. And I put it in a Ziploc bag and rolled it up. I wrote on it. I said, when all else fails, low for six hours. And I stuck it in the freezer. Because it takes a lot for me to eat a meal without meat in it. I mean, it, 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 that meat's got to be some kind of terrible for me to sit there and eat vegetables and not eat meat. But what does it take for us to be, for, for us not to obey God? What does it take to get in between me and my goal, me and living for God, for me to say, okay, I'm going to do something else instead? Today, there's a lot of people not in churches all across the South because everywhere it looks like this right now, it's raining. And a lot of people don't come because it's raining. A lot of people didn't make it to church because it, it's raining. And if that keeps us from serving God, we're in trouble. Because the cross didn't keep Jesus from loving us. So why does rain keep us from serving Him? He gave His sons a sense of urgency. He said, don't let something stand in your way. Do it right now. The first son, he refused immediately. You know what our default is? We talked about it a little bit in Sunday school this morning. Basically foolishness. But our default as humans is utter and complete selfishness. That's what our default is. Without the Spirit of God to help us, without a good raising and whoopings by parents, our default is always selfishness. It's always whatever it takes to take care of me. It's always whatever works for me. I was coming home from town. Emily was sick, so I said, I'm going to stop at Crumble Cookie and get her some Crumble Cookies. She likes Crumble Cookies. So I walked in. They had all these right here. I said, look, I want to taste one of them. She said, it don't work that way. I said, well, how am I supposed to know what I get? She said, you, you, you look at what's in it, what it's made of. I said, I want to taste it. Anyway, they wouldn't let me taste it. So I got to thinking. I said, I'm going to get one of these boxes, and I had six of them in it. So I got to thinking to myself. I said, self, which one of these cookies do you like the best? So I got to thinking, and I picked out six cookies that I really, really, really liked. I love peanut butter cookies. Love peanut butter cookies. And then they had one that was a brownie and had ice cream whipped stuff on top of it. It was phenomenal. They had a fried ice cream and a peanut butter and a lemon and oh, goodness. And then I got to thinking to myself, I said, you know what? I'm not going to eat any of these cookies. This is not for me. Our default is what I want, what I desire. What is going to take care of me? What is going to make me feel good? What is going to fulfill my needs, my wants, my desires? But that's not what it's all about. I didn't stop at Crumble Cookie for me because I just assume a Wendy's frosty most days. I stopped at Crumble Cookie for somebody else. And so I had to stop and think about what she wanted and not what I wanted. A lot of times that's what we have to do when serving God. The first thing that this man said, work? No. No, I'm not going to do it. Immediately, he had a decided refusal. Verse 29, he said, I 
will not. This son who this man had loved, this son who this man had raised, said, I will not because I am selfish and indifferent toward what you asked of me. God has loved us. God has taken care of us. And God said, go work for me. And we say, I will not. Because I am selfish and I am indifferent. Because God, everything that you've done for me don't matter. Because I'm indifferent. This don't benefit me at all right now in the short term, here and now. It's called instant gratification. It's like putting a quarter in the vending machine. If they made vending machines that you put a quarter in today and you got your candy bar next week, would you put the quarter in? You wouldn't do it. That's the way laying treasures up in heaven work. You put your quarter in today, you're not going to get your candy bar today. You're going to get your candy bar in heaven. This man was looking for instant gratification. He said, this is not going to benefit me at all today. It's, it's not going to do me any good. I'm not doing it. I will not. He said, I'm going to go do what I want to do. I'm going to go take care of me. That sounds an awful lot like people today. I'm going to go take care of what I want to do. And if I have time, I'm going to make it to church. I'm going to go watch what I want to watch on Netflix. And if I have time, I'll read my Bible. I'm going to go do what I want to do. And if I have time, I'll spend a little time in prayer tonight. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if I happen to wake up on time, I'll go to Sunday school. I'm going to do what I want to do. If I have time, I'm going to support the church. If I have a little leftover. God don't ask for leftovers. God asks for first. God don't give to us and take care of us and send His Son for us just so we can say, no, God, I won't. This man immediately said, no, I will not. Let's look at the response of the other, the other son. Verse number 30. It came in a second and said, likewise, he told him, he said, go work today in my vineyard. And he's answered and said, I go, sir. He said, I'll go. He immediately said, I got you. I'm going to take care of it. He threw a sir in at the end of it. He said, God, I'm your man. Daddy, I'll take care of it. No matter what everybody else want to do, I got it. I got it. He said, sir, so that everybody would recognize him. Pay attention to him. End of verse 30. He said he went not. He was trying to be really, really convincing to his father. He said, sir, I'm going. Sir, I'm going to take care of it. Sir, I go. I'm going to do it. How many people today are trying to convince themselves that they're Christians? How many people are trying to convince themselves that what I'm doing for God is enough? For several years, I tried to convince myself of that. I tried to convince myself that what I was doing was good enough. God was calling me to preach, so I started teaching Sunday school. So that would be good enough. I started doing a podcast. So that would be good enough. It's not what God asked. The Bible says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. It's not what he asked. We try to convince ourselves that it's good enough. Well, I come to church every Sunday morning. And I try to convince myself that's good enough. I come to church every Wednesday. 
And I try to convince myself that that's good enough. I put a dollar in the Sunday school plate every Sunday, every other Sunday, maybe every third Sunday. And that's good enough. God didn't ask for our good enough. God didn't ask for us to try to convince ourselves or Him that we're in good enough shape, that we're okay. Right now, basketball teams are working their way toward the playoffs. Most of the teams in the parish are halfway decent this year. The problem is, whenever November showed up and season started, they didn't stop practicing. They didn't stop shooting free throws. They didn't stop running. They didn't stop trying to get better whenever season started. Whenever we get into the thick of it, whenever we begin to serve God, whenever God gives us an opportunity, that is not the time to say, God, I have done enough for you. I'm finished. That is not the time to say, God, I'm going to take care of it and then go the other direction. I heard a man say one time, he said, a lot of us, he said, we'll take the, the, the message from the Bible. He said, we'll, we'll take the, the sermon, we'll take the Sunday school lesson, and we'll take it and we'll just love it, we'll make notes, we'll write about it, and when we walk out that door, it's gone. It's like kids on summer vacation. Everything is out to win. Everything is done because we are pretend Christians. Whenever we, whenever we come to church, we pretend that we are all over it. We live two different lives, and a lot of people today do. They live a life inside the church where they don't cuss, they don't drink, they don't gamble, they don't overindulge in food, they don't overindulge in anything. They live a life that, that, that they want everybody to see that I'm living for God. And on the other side of them church walls, they live a different life. They live a life where they fit in with society. They live a life where they fit in with the sin. They live a life where they fit in and they look good with all of their co-workers and all of their classmates and all of their friends. And that is a very, very, very dangerous line to walk. Because the Bible says a man cannot serve two masters. Here these people are saying, God, we're, we're, we're with you. God, we're for you. And then on, on the other side of the door, they were doing everything that the Bible said not to. Are we pretend Christians? Let's look at, at what the sons ended up doing. So we saw what the father commanded. We saw what the son's response was. Now let's look at what they actually did. The first son, he said, Daddy, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. And if we'd have done that as kids, about the time that belt cleared that third belt loop, we was gone, right? It's exactly what these people did. Exactly what this man did. He said, but afterward. He repented and went. What does it mean that he repented and went? God gives us a job to do. We say no. Instead of this, I'm going to do this. God's not going to stop. God's not going to say, okay, whatever you want. It, it don't work that way. This morning, if you're here and unsaved, God has given you an opportunity to repent. Because up until this point, you have said, no, God, I want to die and go to hell. That's what you said so far. Because every day that you go without believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is what you're saying. You're saying, I choose hell over heaven. I choose eternal damnation. I choose a lake of fire. I choose outer darkness. I choose a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Over the paradise of God. Because I refuse to believe in Jesus Christ the Savior. An utter refusal. A decided 
refusal. The world today who hadn't believed in Jesus Christ is this first son. Saying, Daddy, I ain't doing it. God, I'm not believing. God, I don't want nothing to do with it. God, I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I'm staying away from you. God, this is too hard. God, there are too many rules. God, I, I can't do this. God, I don't want to do this. God, what will everybody else think of me? God, I'll do it later. God, I just, uh, no. God, I will not believe. God, I will not trust your son. And that refusal, that lack of belief will land you in a lake of fire and brimstone. The Bible says where the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not. A place of eternity and a permanent resting place. But this second son, the second son said, Daddy, I'm going to go. Daddy, I'm going to be a Christian. Daddy, I'm going to take care of Daddy, I got this. And he went not. And Jesus said in verse number 31, He said, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Why would Jesus make this statement? This right here rounds it all up. Jesus said the worst people out there, the tax collectors, the publicans, the harlots, those people that everybody looks down on, they're going to enter the kingdom of heaven before you. Why would Jesus say that? Because these people are part of that first son. Most of us are like that first son. There are very few people that I know that whenever Jesus burdened their heart, they believe. Whenever God calls them to do something, they do it. No questions asked. Oh man, I wish I could be that way. I want to ask God. God, are you sure? God, are you absolutely positive? Oh, me of little faith. That first son said, no, God, I'm not going to do it. And then he came. He repented. He said, God, look, I'm an idiot. I know this. Daddy, I'm sorry. I'm a fool. I'm going to go do it. I believe that this man went and worked in the vineyard. He came and he said, Daddy, I'm sorry. Daddy, forgive me. He repented that he refused. And he went and did it. This morning, if you've been denying Jesus, if you've been saying, God, I don't want nothing to do with you or your son, if you've been saying, I want to go to hell, because that's what you're saying if you, if you go and don't believe in Jesus Christ. This morning, this first son found grace. And it's that same grace that's extended to each and every person on the face of the earth right now. It's that same grace. It's that same Jesus. This first son found grace whenever he repented and he went this morning. If you repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ with all of your heart, God is saved. No questions asked. And God does it immediately. He's not like us. He don't, he don't wait around. God does it immediately. But you have to believe. You have to believe that you're a sinner. You have to repent. You have to believe in the only begotten Son of Jesus. That is it. That is as hard and as easy as it ever gets. And everybody who has ever been saved, they've walked down that same road. They have repented of their sins and they have believed in Jesus Christ. 
And then we find that second son who promised daddy, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get saved later. I'm going to wait a little while. I'm going to do it, just not today. Sir, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to live for you, God. I just, I got some other things I want to take care of first. God, I'm going to live for you. I just want to get my house in order first. God, I'm going to live for you. I just want to make sure that we're financially stable first. God, I'm going to live for you, but I'm too young. People in the church aren't going to listen to me. God, I'm going to live for you. But most of us know whenever we're talking to our spouse, we know exactly when there's a but coming. Right? Everybody knows when the butt's coming. Waiting for that second shoe to drop. A lot of times that's the way we are with God. God, I want to serve you, but I don't have time. God, I want to serve you, but I want to get this other stuff straight first. God, I want to serve you, but what is everybody going to think of me? There is no buts. Father said go. Matthew chapter number 7. This morning we all qualify. We all fall into one of these two boats. It's one of these two sons. Whenever God calls us, we get that same mirror in front of us that Jesus turned on these people today. Whenever God says, I want you to work in the church, I want you to testify for me. I want you to teach Sunday school. I want you to witness. I want you to lead singing. I want you to teach Bible school. I want you to be a missionary. I want you to I want you to work for me. We are then faced with one of two decisions. We're going to be the first son or the second son. We're going to say, God, I'm going to do it. And then we're not going to do it. We're going to say, God, I don't want it. And then repent. Come around to it. Are we a real Christian or are we a fake Christian? Are we for real or for pretend? Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 20. Wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. Jesus told these people, He said, it's easier for publicans and harlots to get into heaven than for you. He said, they're going to come into the kingdom of God before you because they saw their wrong and they repented. Verse number 21, He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Not everybody. And then these people that Jesus is talking to now, they are the religious select. They, they, are the, they, are, they are them. They are the folks that everybody looks at and says, if anybody's going to heaven, it's them. Going to heaven is about obeying God. Laying up treasures in heaven is about obeying God. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Not everybody who goes to church is going to enter into heaven. Matter of fact, uh, Brother Destin Pittman made a, a statement at chapel back in the fall. And, uh, it made a lot of sense to me. He stood up in front of the, the classes at the school. And it was everybody, I think it was 6th through 12th grade. He stood up and he said, according to the Bible, the vast majority of you are unsaved. And it took me a minute to catch that. But he read from this verse right here. He said, according to the Bible, the majority of you are unsaved. Because he said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to life. And few there be that find it. There's a lot of people that sit in church pews every day. 
that pretend to be Christians, but they will not obey the will of the Father. They say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and cast out devils and done many wonderful works? And I'll profess to them, I never knew you. Because you didn't obey my Father. You didn't believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You had everything it took. But one thing, the most important thing, you miss Jesus, you miss it all. Jesus turned to these people. He said, what think ye? He said, which of these were obedient? Which of these, whether of them twain, did the will of his Father? For John came unto you by the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and harlots believed him. And when you had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. So many of us today, we, we get the opportunity to see things, to do things, participate in things that, that God has his hand on. And we see the mighty works of God. And we still won't let him use us. We still won't surrender our life to him. We still won't say, God, okay, I'm going to go and go. I told you that there were two sons, but there were three, uh, two sons, but three reactions this morning. The first son said, Father, I'm not going to go. And he repented and went. That's the sinner coming to Christ. That is a man who says, God, I will not live for you. And then he sees the blessings involved. He sees the importance of obeying God. And he follows the second son. He said, God, I got you. I'm, I'm all over it. I'm going to take care of it. He's a pretend Christian. And his end is a lake of fire. Gets it all except Jesus. Makes it to church. Teaches Sunday school. Gets ordained as a deacon. But without Jesus, none of it matters. The third option is exactly where I wish I could be. The third option is that son that Jesus don't talk about. Who said, Father, I will go. And he went and he worked. That's the son that we need to be. That's the child that we need to be. Whenever God says, son, go work today in my vineyard, that's the time we pull on our boots. That's the time we strap up and we go work. That's the place that we should strive to be. Well, we have a verse of a song. Offer a verse of invitation so I won't have anything on our heart.